0: Coming up next on Locked On 76ers, Keith and I break down and preview game number three back in Philadelphia. Sixers Heat, this is round number two. 76ers down 2 nothing. They need a big performance from the team tonight. And could they get the big fella back this evening as well? We'll get into it all next right here, Locked On
1: 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: You can't, aren't you, Keith? You just start bobbing your shoulders a little bit, a little. Step a little bit with the music, <laughs> All right. Yeah, a little <laughs> welcome. You're locked on 76s. I'm Devon Givens of 97 Father Fanatic in Philadelphia Sports Radio, and alongside my co host and partner from the Enquirer.com, the Sixers beat writer Keith pompey Keith, what's up? Welcome back home, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it was funny, man. I hopped off the plane today, like, man, it's kind of cold up here in <laughs> philly really. was, was, yo seriously man you saw people putting on coats i was like yo it ain't that cold but but, not, but it was cold. nah nah but we're supposed it's to get cold. some rain too
0: so we got to be prepared for that for some rain over the next couple of days but hopefully with the dreariness outside keith that doesn't blend in and bleed into the inside of the arena obviously you can't play with in the arena but just mean the the dampness and the darkness of what that day could be but first before we get into it all keith We got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube on Locked On 76ers. Keith, we don't know as of yet. There's no update. We haven't seen anything. Doc Rivers spoke on Thursday. The game is being played this evening. That, Joel Embiid, no update with his status from the concussion and the orbital fracture and where he is. So right now, we don't know. So it, it doesn't really make sense for us both to sit here and guess what could happen. Uh, but based on the information that we can go off of, it just seems as if it's still a, a tough road in front of him to get on the floor and play his first game in this second-round matchup against Miami.
1: Yeah, I mean, also, we we, we got to know exactly like where he is, what stage is he at, and yeah. um, concussion protocol. I mean, the one thing that um, Doc Rivers said was he hasn't cleared it yet. So that's like a four day type of thing. So, you know, if he would have said, you know, he cleared concussion protocol and now we we're trying to do some other things, you know, it, it would give you more clarity on it. But the fact that he hasn't cleared it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be an injury report coming out maybe shortly, but, um, but the fact that he said he hasn't um, cleared the injury report to me, um, you know, says a little something about that. Now, again, it could be one of those things where they want to wait until the 11th hour and, and, and then um, surprise people, you know. But um, the fact that he said he hasn't cleared it yet, um, you know, speaks volumes to me. And but but it, it could change, you know, it Speaks volumes. though.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, you know, it's important, obviously. But uh, ahead of things, as Dr. Rivers was speaking about Thursday, he and the staff watching film, the players were not including included in that, including. Joel Embiid, where he wouldn't take part in any video sessions. It was just going to be the coaching. I I wonder how, how they go into this. What are they doing? Are they going in with two game plans? One if Embiid plays, and one if he's not available. I mean, typically, Keith, from your covering, what happens in a case like this? Do they do that, where they set one way for if he plays, and another if he doesn't plays? What's your best guess of how they go about that?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the case. I think if he doesn't play. It's still gonna, it's gonna be this little bit of this. Well, they're gonna have to tweak it some, mm-hmm. but but it's gonna be kind of, sort of like what we saw, where you got the guards leading the show. If he does play, it's gonna be one of those things where you know you have to think that Joel and is gonna be the focal point. You know what I mean? So 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 that's where we are right uh, there. But you know, it, it's one. Um, you know, they're right now and they're probably trying to dissect things and, and look at things that they could take advantage of probably on the defensive end because offensively it's really been a matter of making shots and ways of getting um, uh, who is it? Uh, uh, James Harden going a little bit. But defensively is some of the things they need to work on, you know, trying to, you know, close out on Tyler Hero and, and all these other guys. But, um, you know, so I think that's a lot of what the game plan was yesterday. But, uh, yeah, you're right. They they are going to have to have two different game plans. Um, but it's, it's not hard, I think, be, just because, you know, they've been dealing with stuff like this with MB for a while.
0: Right. And, again, he's been the uh, anchor for all that they do. And it's just now about the adjustment to the, the opponent and, and setting up things, how they would like to use him if he's available. I do want to give you, though, the injury report that was released for, for the Miami Heat and what they had to say. Uh, they are pointed out that Kyle Lowry still on the injury report with the hamstring, Tyler Hero, ankle, Caleb Martin, also an ankle. Max Strus hamstring, PJ Tucker, calf, Gabe Vincent, knee, but are all traveling and traveled to Philadelphia uh, for game number three in Philadelphia. So that's their injury report. But to me, it means nothing because all those guys are gonna do is play anyway. But had to share that with the people for the information purposes uh, of what things could potentially be for the 76ers and the Miami Heat uh, tomorrow. But uh, I, And I'm still up in the air if even if I want him to play because if he's still too dreary, not passing the stages as, as you continue to talk about of all the stages that he needs to, to, to get through in order to play, then he has to deal with the lighting, the noising, the noises. He can pass all this stuff, but how much of that is reenacting what actually happens inside uh, the building of play? So uh, I'm curious to see what what eventually happens, especially with them believing that they can still win this series. Keith Doc Rivers was talking about yesterday when he had a media uh, availability that he he liked where the team was after game two, obviously not liking being down to nothing, but the performance wise, he felt good about some of the things that they have been doing. It feels like that can translate over to game number three, hopefully further in this series. Can't wait to find out what they do game plan wise. And one of them, of course, being Joel Embiid being a part of it. But Keith, uh, we need to also get into uh, just a preview of what we think uh, the Sixers need to do, what could happen in this upcoming game against the Miami Heat. So we'll get into that next, and we'll discuss all of that right here next on Locked On 76ers. But first, I need to tell you all about Bilt Bar, one of my favorite things. I had to uh, kind of, not convinced, but I had to tell Keith to make sure he took Bilt Bar on the plane because it's uh you sit on the plane, you want a snack and all, and you want to make sure that you're eating properly. So I made sure that Keith packed that. Like, it's like my brother. So, I wanted to make sure he packed the puffs of the built bar. And if you haven't tried them, you're missing out. They are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You all like chocolate, don't you? Yes. Puffs are becoming a fan favorite as well, with some incredible flavors from yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered, once again, in 100% real chocolate, including mint brownie, coconut, almond, and new for the month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're low in calorie, high in protein. Replace your candy bars or any other treats that you like with the Built Bar. Go to Bilt.com. Check them out, and you'll see what we're talking about. Also, make sure when you go to built.com as well that you then go ahead and uh, check out the... Uh, Using promo code lock15. And when you use lock15 and get 15% off your order, use promo code lock15 for 15% off at built.com. Go check it out. Do it today, people. Keith, do it today. Hope you did that while you were on the plane.
1: My man, you finally got to do it today, people. Do it
0: today. You know, today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, everybody, for making Locked On 76 your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like the big story going on right now with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors with Gary Payton II. He's out three to four weeks, potentially a month, because of the uh, fracture in his elbow and Dylan Brooks, it was reported, out for game number three, suspended by the league as a result of that stupid foul that he committed on Dylan Brooks early in the game. So I didn't think it was enough. To be perfectly honest with you, Keith, I thought he should be suspended for both games, three and four, because that was just a ridiculous foul that he he uh, he did in the open floor against Gary
1: Payton the second. Yeah, I mean, it was it was, but terrible, terrible. You know, yeah, I mean, but you know you. I hate to say this, but you you knew something was gonna happen. Like after they fought for like I guess they fought for retaliation in the last game, but um the game before that, but yeah, that was a, a, a bad play. I don't think he meant to do it though. I didn't think he meant to do it. But you know, unfortunately when you you do things like that and injuries happen and you get you get suspended. And I but I don't want I don't think the league Wants to be the reason why this team <clears throat> this team loses a play- playoff series, you know what I mean? But the not him
0: for, for making a silly play like that. <laughs> so yeah. you don't you leave them no choice but to make the uh, the, the right decision and going out there. But he's suspended for game three. We'll see how how things go with that series moving forward with the uh, Warriors and the Grizzlies. That's a really good series. Again, thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. Now for your next, check out Locked On Now podcast nightly recaps. Of every NBA game again, with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Um, Keith, huge one tonight for the Sixers taking on these Miami Heat. Regardless of if Embiid is there or not, and I'm just going to assume he's not playing for right now, since we have no update. I'm just going to assume because we would start to hear things trickle out a little bit. Maybe he's going to be able to go. Uh, whatever. Right now, whoever's available, that's what you play with. Uh, the way I look at this one, see how you, you thought, uh you think things go. Simple. You said it in the first segment. Gotta make shots. Plain and simple. When I look, when you look at the numbers again, and you think about, let's say, specifically for Danny Green and George Niang, who struggle, and that has been glaring uh for them. We can get to James Harden and what he has did, he has done. But uh Green in two games is three for 16 from the floor and two for 14 from three-point line. That's him. He's starting, playing 20-plus minutes. George Niang, 2 for 11 off the bench, someone you counted on all season long to make shots. One for nine from beyond, so they're combined. Three for 23 from deep. That is not going to get it done. None whatsoever. That's not going to happen. And George Niang in the last game has six personal fouls and under 11 minutes of play. You need better production at home from your team and part of that of course is just simply your team making shots keith the key the number one key as we've seen make your shots
1: yeah i mean but those are the two guys right there i mean niang and and uh green and green i mean those are the two guys i'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to produce i mean of course i want to see how shake milton does if he gets in but um you know, I, I, those are the two dudes I want to see. Because, like, they say role players play better on the road, I mean, at home. And so this is going to be a home game. It's going to be electric, so to speak. And you want to see how these guys, if they can ride the energy. Now, this is funny, though. Not funny, but it's real. It's real. I was talking to somebody this um, yesterday morning on a flight up before I, well, before I hopped on a plane at the airport. Somebody from Miami. So, and, and what this person said to me is how the Sixers only got one quarter to show what they can do. And I said, what? He says, oh, man, I used to live in Philly, bro. I'm like, I know. I used to live in Philly. He mm-hmm. says they have one quarter to show what they're going to do, and then the home fans are going to get restless. They're going to get restless. So they better do something within that first quarter. If not, Miami is going to come out and take over. I kind of disagreed with him. I said, well, the Sixers could get, the fans could get restless. If the Sixers go on a late run. That place is going to be electric and a lot of positive energy coming out of there. And I told him, I said, you know, you guys always railing on the Sixers fans. But, you know, it's like this stuff happens at a lot of places, too. But he says, nah, I'm telling you, they have it. Danny better come to play and George Niang better come to play, right? Um, Faircon is going to have to continue. I kind of think that when you get these type of home games, that's when the second tier or these role players become extremely vital. Like we go in there, you know, Matisse, not Matisse, um, you know, Tyrese, you know, Tobias, you know, uh, uh, with James, you expect what they're going to do, but these other guys, they basically feed off the crowd. So just like Chris Boucher, he was a beast up in Toronto. He was just some dude in Philly. So you know, it, 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 that's the thing that I'm looking forward to seeing what these role players can do, and see if they can if if they can uh, please the crowd, so to speak. Yeah. they uh, shut my man up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I wanted to
0: reiterate something that you said, and we kind of touched on it again in the last episode, which is the the sustained runs and being able to keep a run going. And a lot of that, too, uh, can happen at home, just that energy uh, that's in the building, everybody feeding off of the same thing and and being able to do that. So sustained runs are important for the Sixers. We saw them from Miami, where they're able to get those big runs. When we spoke about it on the last podcast, Keith, we talked about the 9-2 run to close out the first quarter. They were tied 22-22. Next thing you know, uh, Miami goes on a a 9-2 run and specifically a 7-0 run. Uh, there as well to close the things out. So they, um, the Sixers need one. They need one or two in the game because they would get close, and then Miami would shut it down, and they would start their own run. And part of that is the rebounding, as we know. They continue to be beaten on the glass, uh, plus 10 uh, once again in, in game number two. And uh, while well, they cut their turnovers down from 15 to 10 from games one to two, you have to continue to be sharp with the ball and execute. You know, also something that Doc Rivers talked about, executing the way that you need to against a stingy Miami defense that we all know all too well how good defensively they are, starting with Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Kyle Lowry. We know about those three players. And then everyone else, to your point, just simply feeds off of that, man. So they, they need to sustain runs. They need to rebound the basketball. Don't turn the ball over. And most importantly, execute on offense and make your shots. Make your shots. James Harden, uh, that includes him. Uh, you wonder about James Harden, too, just because he, he, he figures out the defense so well, and we saw that with Toronto, specifically through the first three games, and how he had a really good handle on it, quarterbacking the team against that defense. But not so much so far through Miami. And while he did have a big first half, what was it, 16 points in the first half? Game number two? He only ended up with 20. And you need a little bit more from him. So you need him to find something and dig deep, dig deeper. Is it there? Maybe not. I don't know. But that's him being a high-level player, figuring out how to get it done, taking mid-range shots instead of three-pointers to uh, make sure that he has enough legs in him to get that shot off. So Harden is going to be key. We know the starters are as well. But so are the role players, Keith. And with that, we're going to get into them a little bit more, not named Danny Green. Or George Niang in the next segment, but yeah, but let me we... say
1: something. I say something right quick though. Can I say something right quick? Here's the thing about Harden though. One thing I think that people got to understand, and it's not a knock against him, but we got to be a little bit real with it. At this particular time, he's just not the same guy that he was a couple years ago. And you talking That's... about the Harden, Houston Harden? Well, yeah, even even the Harden from Brooklyn. Like, I mean, here's the deal. Like when he was with Brooklyn last year and earlier this year. Like, people were complaining about his numbers. But if you want to be real, his numbers are way better than they are right now. Yeah. And when you think about it, it's like, okay, you had Kyrie playing on the road some games. And then you had KD. Like, they just had more star power on that squad. So now when you look at it, it's right now, like, you know, he was able to do certain things where it didn't call upon him to be the alpha dog, right? so then you go you go to you go to um you come to Philly and you have joel and joel is the alpha dog so you can be that co-star you can slide in you can be the distributor you can do this and that and right about now it's like he just at this particular time you know i don't know if he'll get it back or not but at this particular time he just can't be the lead dog like right now when you look at it and you know, I feel bad to say it, but it's true. Like, he's the third best option on this team right now. Is 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 Tyrese number 1, Tobias number 2, and he's number 3. Tyrese was balling 2 days ago. He scored 11 consecutive um points. He had 23 points in the second half. Tobias went 6 for 6 in the second half. Yet James had the ball and he only scored 4 points, right? He and he was struggling so you know what i mean so like i know we all like oh we gotta do this we gotta do this we gotta do that can he do this can he do that it just seems like he's just not the same guy i think people gotta look at him differently you can't grade him off of what he was before you know what i mean you just gotta hope and pray that you know stuff gets figured out but uh but like i just and again I just wanted to put that out there because I know a lot of people are like, oh, we need him to do. It. Nah, dude. At this particular time, without Joel Embiid, he is the third best player on the team. Now I know at this particular time, I know he's a Hall of Famer. I know he's going to do. He, he, he's that man. He's that dude. But in the 2022 Eastern Conference Semifinals against the miami heat without joel Embiid, he's the third best option on the Sixers.
0: well listen i don't disagree with you about the whole houston harden and the changing of who he is at this stage of his career i don't uh part of it though as we've talked about before is when he mentioned that he's a high level player what they do is they figure things out because of who he is the hall of famer that you talked about you just figure out different ways to help your team and Uh, Second half, he kind of diminished. He he, he didn't have the same impact that he did in game one. I mean, in the first quarter, first half. It was both games, remember? Maybe he spilled his bucket in the first half and he didn't have anything left in game number two. And uh, Maxie played so well in the second half because he did need to pick up that slack of James Harden. Having the 20-plus in the second half because of what he was able to do because Harden couldn't physically give it to you like you want, whether it's the hamstring, age, no Embiid. Whatever it is, it, it, there's something. All I ask is dig a little bit deeper, simple stuff. When you're taking those step-back threes, maybe not. Take that step-back mid-range jumper and knock that down because it's just as effective of having a uh, – it's, it's not an empty possession. It's still two points on the board. While they may rely heavily on getting to the rim and shooting threes, at this stage, as you just said, <laughs> of who he is. Maybe he needs to live in the free throw. I mean, in that mid-range area, knock those down instead of extending out and using so much energy with all the dribbles and then that step back, do that mid-range and catch and shoot threes if you find yourself in that position. So that's my two cents on it. I hope he's able to help out in game three and do what he can to help lead this team to victory and extend this series. Uh, to an, at least a fifth game and see how things go and possibly six and seven overall. On the other side, Keith, we need to talk to the folks about the role players in general. We talked about Green, we talked about Niang. What next for the others that needs to help this team out if you have no, no, no Joel Embiid for game number three? This is Locked On 76ers right here. We'll get into the role players next.
1: Before we do that, let's talk about battle online. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoff, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your number is your continued source for all your sporting waging information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. I'm telling y'all, do it today, people. Do it today. (laughs) (laughs) Find out all those
0: trends (laughs) and actions and do that today. Well, the trend, Keith, uh, for the Sixers has not been so great uh, for the role players game one, you look at Reed and, and Milton, four points each, nine points for Furkan Korkmaz, which kind of helped his case out in playing in game number two, uh, having a few points there. Six rebounds leading the team in rebounding, which is ridiculous. It's unacceptable, quite honest, quite honest with you. Uh, but here we are, the role players. Uh, in order for them to win, we know that you, you're going to get something from Harden, Harris, and Maxi. The the question marks are from Green Jordan, on down, the role players, who has to step up more? We mentioned Green and Niang, so if you feel like it is one of those two, I ask you, man, who who do you feel like has to step up more as they return home to try to pick up a win their first of this matchup?
1: Oh, of those two?
0: No, everybody. Even if you want to include Green and Niang, since we did talk about them a little bit, who else do you feel like? Needs to step up, or do you circle back to one of those two guys?
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna I'm circle back to one of those two guys. Um, I, I'm I'm a, because I think that, well, I, I think that we, I think Danny Green has to step up. I mean, I, I do. I mean, you know, like you said, what's his numbers again? I mean, you read them a second ago. Yeah,
0: so overall in the series, three for 16 from the floor, including yeah. two for 14 from deep.
1: Yeah, you can't do it. I mean, you know, we're talking about and I get it. I know Danny is an older guy, a lot of mileage on those legs and this and that. Um, you know, it was a point he wasn't starting. He was coming off the bench. But when you look at that starting lineup, you know, he's like the 3 and D type of guy. And, you know, we know that they, they got deficiencies at the center position. Um, you know, we know that James is struggling. Um, you know, Danny has to knock down shots. If he knocks down shots, and people are gonna go out there and defend him, if he doesn't knock down shots, it's basically it's gonna be more, it's gonna be a bigger crowd, you know, on on some of the on Maxi and guys like that on Harden. So I think that Danny just needs to, you know, get in there and knock down shots because you know that two for whatever hitting two threes, that's not good. I mean, and we're talking about like last game, he was what one for nine, like you just can't do that. Um, I also think, but there are some other people that need to step up. I think that, you know, Matisse needs to get back to playing like Matisse. I mean, he has to, like, you know, but the problem with the 76ers, and we talked about this yesterday, is one of those things where they don't have a lot of, um, they're, they're not a deep team, and they have a lot of specialists. They have George Niang who can shoot, but he's not a good defender. They have Matisse Seibel, who's a good defender, but he's not a good offensive player. So, you know, when no matter like whoever you bring in there, the other team is that's the easiest game plan attack or take advantage who's not out, who's out there. That's why I think Danny Green, because he's more so one of the better two way players of all the role players, he has to step up. And he has to find a way to, to do something. Can he do it? I think he can. That's saying a lot. Of course,
0: when you're talking about an older player like him, you don't want to put the ball on the floor. You want him catching shooting. And uh, he got caught a few times as well. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, of course, I want to agree with you on all of those. So I'll go in another direction. And, and you did mention George Neyans. So I'll also stay away from him. You know, Keith, I'll go with Moss because he did start to get some extensive run last uh, on Wednesday night in game number two. Because we're talking about shot making, somebody who can make a shot and potentially on the closeout situation also put the ball on the floor. I don't want him trying to create too much and getting all scattered out there on the floor. However, when you do talk about that, I can't rely on Reed or Bassey or Millsap or even Jordan in the starting lineup to score. Sometimes you're going to need someone else who can create their own shot, even if it's just on the secondary situation, part of the offense, the action kind of breaks down and the ball swings to him. They close out. Boom. He puts the ball on the floor, pull up, get to the rim. whatever it is, even getting to the foul line. I think they're going to need something, a shot or two. I don't know how many it is a shot or two from uh, Furkan Korkmaz as well. While he's out there on the floor for whatever minutes he's able to give Doc Rivers especially when he's out there and they're, they're face guarding, they're denying Maxi and harden the ball. At least we know that Furkan Korkmaz can get the ball across half court and start to initiate things in their offensive uh, set that they decide to call on that particular possession. So I'm looking at him, and I know the big men are important, but we've also seen these minutes where this small version of the team with the small ball lineup can have some success who that would be with with Harris at the five, maybe it is Niang and he's able to knock down shots at the four, but I'm going, I'm going to go with Korkmaz and see if he can give them nine points, but in the flow of a game where they do actually have a sustained run, where those points definitely mean something, not just a, oh, Korkmaz had the three in the second quarter and Korkmaz had five points in, in the fourth quarter early, but didn't do anything else late. Hitting a shot where the roof comes off inside the building at home because we're forced to see Miami call the timeout. I'll go with Moss.
1: But real quick, real quick. I mean, Furkan has been stepping up compared to the others. So if there's one person, so like, you know, you just hope that Furkan doesn't fall off the cliff in a way, right? That he doesn't disappear. But if somebody who's struggling real quick, someone who's struggling, who needs to show you something dude, other people that's struggling
0: of the struggles, um, James Harden. Now he's not a role player, but you left that one open for me to say James Harden. If I go with the role player, I'm saying more Niang than Green, just because he's been so bad. Now I wonder too, defensively, is that bothering him, finding him as you talk about? Will, Will hero struggle a bit on the road because he's a role player and he's now in the building, not at home with that comfort level, even though he's really good. Can can you get him to to also uh, struggle, but when you have those matchups and you're able to take advantage of that, I go with Harden for the starters and Niang for the reserves of the of the others that need to knock down some shots. George Niang just needs to see the ball go through and just confidently uh, feel good. He's always going to squeeze that shot off, but it's, it's one thing when when you make them and you see one or two go through, and now you're like, okay, now I'm not tight anymore. Now I'm not short-arming it. Now I'm not thinking about my follow-through anymore, making sure my elbow is tucked in when I'm releasing my shot. None of the mechanics you're worried about anymore, your feet being set, your square shoulders, none of that. You're not worried about that anymore once you see one or two go through. So for me, I'll go with Harden as a starter, George Niang as a reserve.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a good one. That's good, too. The only reason why I went with Danny Green over Niang because they're going to seek out George like a a, a, heat, a missile, and they're going to take advantage of his miss, of, of his – of his weaknesses defensively Danny has shown at times that he can still defend so that's what I'm saying but but yeah George yeah I mean I I get it he needs to hit shots he needs to hit shots but that's the reason why I I picked Danny because Danny can be I mean you know I know a lot of he's older but he can he's a better two-way player than anyone else they got who's a role player at this particular time that's the reason why I picked him
0: all right. You got it, man. Well, listen, man, it should be a fun one. It should be a fun game three. We'll see if the big fella suits up and is able to get out there and the crowd will be crazy. Maybe that'll bring something extra to them as well. As far as energy uh, on the floor, getting off to a good start. We always talk about that. The Sixers need to get off to a good start, put Miami on their heels and have them playing catch up uh, for, for this one as well. So we'll definitely catch up with you all for the next episode Uh, as we thank you all for making locked on Seventy Sixes your first listen every day we'll break down game three on our next one but make sure you also make your second listen locked on nba locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the league around the nba every monday through friday in less than 30 minutes it's free and available wherever you get your podcast keith tell the people where to find us
1: you can find us like my man said you can find us wherever you get your podcast but You look at us now, right? Locked on 76ers uh, YouTube. You need to go to the Locked on 76ers YouTube channel and subscribe. You'll get notifications when we come up. You'll get all our other stuff. So just subscribe to our Locked on 76ers YouTube channel. And as I like to say, do it today, people. Do it today.
0: (laughs) Well, Sixers need to do it today.
1: Hey, before we go, though. Before we go. Yes. Sure you follow my man, the um, D at Devon G975 on Twitter, and you can follow me on at, on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. Absolutely. Well, do it today, Sixers. Do it today. Get it done, Keith.
0: <laughs> have a good one, man. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you later uh, for our next one, previewing again, hopefully a W. Thanks, man.
1: All right, thank you, and I thank Appreciate y'all.
0: For y'all. Listening. Peace.